Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and today's episode is airing on Veterans Day here in the United States. So if you are listening to this long after the fact, that is why I am beginning this way. If you are listening on or near the air date, I want to send my most heartfelt thanks to all of those who serve our country, who have served our country, and also to all of those who love someone and care for someone who has served or is serving. Simple little poem that moves me on these days, whether it's Veterans Day or Memorial Day, or quite frankly, any day, because I think it's so important to really appreciate and respect the people that make it possible for us to have the freedoms that we have. This is just a really short poem by Cheryl Dyson that says, On Veterans Day, we honor all who answered to a service call. Soldiers young and soldiers old fought for freedom, brave and bold. Some have lived while others died, and all of them deserve our pride. We're proud of all the soldiers who kept thinking of red, white, and blue. They fought for us and all our rights. They fought through many days and nights. And though we might not know each name, we thank all veterans just the same. If you follow me on Instagram, you know that last weekend, the weekend before last, I went out to the Massachusetts National Cemetery, which is a veteran's cemetery. They have an incredible tradition there where prior to Veterans Day and Memorial Day, they place a small flag on the headstones of all 70,000, 70,000 graves in that cemetery. And it started because, I shared this with my clients as well, it started because one man lost his son who was serving in Afghanistan. And he asked the cemetery if on Veterans Day he could place a flag on his son's headstone. And the cemetery actually told him no. They have a fairly strict uniformity policy just to maintain the grounds. And they said, you know, if, if it's done for one, it has to be done for all. And he said, okay, well, would you allow me to place a flag on my son's headstone if I also place flags on every single headstone here? And they were like, I mean, if you want to buy 70,000 flags and go around and put them all in, like, yeah. So the man came back with his family, half a dozen people or so, and they spent the entire day 
putting flags on all of the stones. And ever since then, people volunteer to go help this man and his family. And it's just a really incredible experience. And hearing that story not only filled me with so much gratitude for all of those who serve, have served, and for all of those who love someone and care for someone who serves and has served, but also what inspired me about that story is that there's always a way that we don't have to accept no, right? This gentleman who wanted to honor his son in that way, he could have said no, but he thought big. Yeah, it's a huge undertaking for him and a few of his family members to place, to purchase, and then place 70,000 flags. But we can do big things. We can do hard things. We can do so much more than we might initially think. So while I want to first and foremost thank and honor everyone who serves their country. I also want to encourage you to think bigger and to do more and to do better. Anyways, we are going to take a hard right turn now (laughs) into today's episode, which is a continuation of your incredible questions. Because like I said In the last episode, episode 534, this is truly your show. While I absolutely have things that I love to talk about and am eager to share with you, the more important thing to me is that I am addressing what you need and I am helping you help yourself. So my door, my inbox is always open to your struggles, to your challenges, to your questions, and I sincerely mean that. In episode 534, we talked about more of the mental emotional side of the question. So we were talking about binge eating. We were talking about mindset through the holidays and family and negativity and that sort of stuff. And today we're going a little bit further from the emotional side of things into the more practical side of things, questions related to procrastination, questions related to starting a business, questions related to um, acid reflux as well, which I find super, super fascinating and I think you will too. Before we get to those questions, I will quickly share, as I normally do, a meal I loved recently and a workout I loved recently. One of my 12 Weeks to Transformation clients inspired me with one of her breakfasts and I made it my dinner. She had a Mexican-style omelet for breakfast and I made a dinnertime version. Just a really simple omelet with ground beef, salsa, and avocado. And if you're into dairy, you could add cheese or sour cream. So good. Super flavorful. Also super affordable. Super easy. Really fast. All that good stuff. Um, That was delicious. A workout I loved. Here's the scoop. My tried and true travel workout hit the spot again On Friday, I had a 7 a.m. flight, which meant I had to be at the airport around 5.30 a.m., so I had to leave quite a bit before 5.30 a.m., so I did 100 burpees four times in my hotel room. And if that sounds daunting, like, oh my gosh, I can never do 100 burpees, don't focus on what you can't do. Focus on what you can do. Maybe you think you could do 20 burpees for time. Great. Or at least try. 
Or maybe you do something like six burpees every minute on the minute for 10 minutes. So what that would mean is you start the timer, you do six burpees. Let's say it takes you 30 seconds to do six burpees. Well, then you rest for the next 30 seconds until the top of the next minute. So every minute on the minute, you do six. There's so many ways to do it, but instead of focusing on what you can't do, focus on what you can. Or if 100 burpees for time seems too easy for you, do 200 and tell me what your time was. All right, let's get to your questions. Again, my door is 1,000% open to what you guys want to hear about because this is your show. First question says, I don't know if you've done a podcast on procrastination, but can you share some strategies to beat it? Procrastination. Sure. Action. And I'm not being condescending or flippant at all, but I think too many people get in their head, and that is one of the big hallmarks of procrastination, more thinking and planning than doing. This can be overcomplicated, but it is simpler to overcome than what you might be telling yourself. Procrastination is fundamentally about putting off what needs to be done, deciding to do it later instead of doing it now. And the solution is very simple. It's not a matter of how to beat it. That part is clear. Do what needs to be done now and stop convincing yourself that later holds some promise that now doesn't. The question isn't how do you overcome it? It's what will you do today to overcome it? That's the shift. Instead of focusing on the problem overall, oh my gosh, I procrastinate on everything, I put everything off, shift from the problem overall and even from the solution overall, here are 16 strategies to beat procrastination. And instead, what does it look like to not procrastinate today? That is the simple solution. What does it look like for me to not procrastinate today or even for the next hour This is a forever practice. Even just today, I asked myself these questions this morning because I have a hundred million things that need to get done. My schedule is a little bit more full than normal because of book stuff and recording the audiobook and the Master's Club trip and all of that. I don't have the luxury to watch a show or to take a trip to the commons and get a cup of coffee. I don't have that luxury. So instead of, oh my gosh, I'm so tempted to procrastinate. How do I stop procrastinating? It's as simple as what does it look like today to do what needs to be done without distraction, right? What are the things I need to do and what are the distractions I will choose to resist today? It's not forever. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to take a coffee break in the middle of the day tomorrow or next week. But what does my solution look like today? What do I need to resist today? It's not the day to get up in the middle of the afternoon and start cleaning the kitchen or to make a case for going to the gym earlier when I need to go later so that I can get my work done first, etc. The other big part of it is mental organization. Okay, and here's what I mean by that. The strategy that I talk about in episode 533 is actually very practical in overcoming procrastination because sometimes we convince ourselves 
that there's more to be done than actually needs to be done because we're including in our list the things we could do or the things we should do and we're letting those get in the way of the things that must be done today. So we stay really busy, but it's not because there's too many priorities. It's because we're not organized and differentiating between the must, the coulds, and the shoulds. And what I talk about in episode 533 is this strategy that I was learning about as it relates to home renovations and applying that to life. And as it relates to home renovations, it is the discipline of differentiating between what needs to be done versus what doesn't need to be done and what increases value and what doesn't increase value. Often when we are procrastinating, we will do things that are on our list, but they're not the things that must be done today. So a huge part of overcoming procrastination is practicing this mental discipline of really getting clear on not what are all the things I could do today or all the things I should do today, what must be done today and do that first instead of letting all the coulds and the shoulds and the maybes slip in in front of that and then you feel all of this pressure, right? The next question says, how did you deal with all of your business startup costs? What did you use to judge what was really worth it or necessary? So in my case, starting an online business can be done for very little money. But it could also be done spending an absurd amount of money. It all depends on what your business is, right? There are some businesses that are going to naturally have many more costs associated with them. But if you're starting an online business, whether that's a podcast or it's a blog or it's, you know, you name it, that can be done for less than a couple hundred dollars but you could also spend tens of thousands of dollars. I opted for less than 100. And I think this really comes back to the strategy I was just describing from episode 533. You've got to differentiate between the needs and the wants. There's a difference between what you must have and what you think you should have. And to this day, I tend to buy primarily the things that I must have and pass on the coulds and the shoulds and all of these things. There are a million different fancy schmancy tools that podcasters use, that coaches use, and I personally don't because they are optional. Now, sure, there is a point at which they make sense, but in terms of startup costs, do not confuse what is absolutely critical, cannot operate without this, and oh, it would be nice if I had this, or I feel like I should do this. Most things in life can be done on the cheap or can be done quite expensively, and you get to make those decisions. But I think that comes from how clear are you and how consistently are you differentiating between this is a must or this is a need, this is a wish or this is a requirement, right? Um, I find that most things people spend money on are nice-to-haves and not need-to-haves. So that is how I differentiated. And to this day, I operate my business on a shoestring budget by choice. By choice. 
And even when you think it's a must have, I would challenge you to build the discipline of saying, okay, I think I must spend money on this. But if there was an alternative, what would it be? Think outside the box. Ask other people. Say, I feel like the only way to do this is to spend money on X. What am I missing? Is there a different way? I did this just just the other day. It wasn't related to spending money, but I was thinking about a problem and I called my best friend and I said, okay, here's the situation. And in my mind, really the only options are this and this. What am I missing? Do you see something that I don't see? And as it relates to starting a business, sometimes the things we convince ourselves that are essential, we have to spend money on it, it's just not true. We simply haven't explored another perspective. So that's that. Uh, somebody sent in a question via Instagram that I'm going to read it exactly as it says. And then I reached out to this person for further clarification. So I'll provide that afterwards. But first, I want to read exactly how the question came in. It says, replacement food. Stevia, psyllium, sweet options. And I was like, I don't know what replacement food is. I think even before I asked, I think I understood like instead of a cookie, have this. Instead of ice cream, eat this. Instead of cereal, eat this. But the examples that she was looking for kind of like, what's a healthier version of ice cream? What's a healthier version of snack food? And my hard and fast answer here is, first, do what is an improvement for you, while second, moving towards whole foods. I don't ever want to encourage somebody to select highly processed foods as an alternative or a replacement. Because realistically, the more highly processed it is, the further away it is from actual real food with real nutrients. And I don't think we should make those kinds of things staples in our lives. So whether that is a protein bar or it's a shake or it's, you know, protein chips or any of these things that have flooded the market because, quite frankly, they represent real financial opportunity to big business, right? If people can sell us healthier versions of stuff that's a very highly processed, far removed item from real food, they're going to do it. But I don't think that's what we should build our diet on. I don't think we should be moving towards the daily incorporation of those things. Again, regardless of if they are protein bars or shakes or whatever it is. While I want you to pursue what is an improvement for you. So if a Quest bar is your substitute for a candy bar, bravo, go for it. I am all for you doing what is an improvement for you, while also keeping in mind that ultimately what we're trying to move towards is fewer of those foods that come in a bag, a wrapper, a package, etc. Because those things really need to be the exception. There is not any time or place where I'm going to recommend sort of Frankenfood alternatives. Even though a lot of these things are derived from plants like stevia, right? Stevia is a non-nutritive sweetener, meaning it doesn't really contain calories, but it is derived from a plant. It is still highly processed, all right? So there's that. 
same thing with all of like the fibers that replace carbohydrates and different bread-like products. They're extremely highly processed. And we just don't get the nutrient value from those things that we get from real food. Beyond that, be very, very careful about your incorporation of things that taste sweet. So whether this is like keto peanut butter cups or it is, and for those of you that aren't familiar with something like that, basically there are these alternatives on the market that look like peanut butter cups. They don't taste a whole lot like a Reese's, but they're sweet treats that have artificial sugars and things like that in them. I want to be really wary of the regular incorporation of those kinds of things because everything you put in your mouth is training your palate. So the more sweet things you put in your mouth, whether that is sugar-free gum or it's a keto peanut butter cup or it's a protein bar or it's a sweet tasting shake, you're training your palate to desire more sweet things. And generally speaking, I think that makes your journey towards optimized health a little bit more difficult. The other thing is that these highly processed food products can really have a negative impact on the microbiome, the gut bacteria, and I just think they should be minimized. So generally speaking, I don't support this idea of quote unquote replacement food, just eat real food. I'd rather see you have real ice cream a couple times a month than Halo Top a few times a week. Honest to God. But you get to make those decisions for yourself. The next question is, can you please talk about recovery after workouts? Absolutely. And I think recovering from workouts begins with going into your workout well-fed and well-rested and with good form. So recovering from your workout is not just about what you do afterwards. A lot of people think workout recovery has to do with what they eat immediately after a workout. And I would say that while that might be 3 or 4%, there's a 96, 97% that has to do with how you care for yourself overall, right? First and foremost, in order to be able to recover from a workout, you've got to move well. You've got to have great form. And I will tell you this, having worked out with coaches and trainers for years and for and from having worked out next to and alongside people who are themselves coaches and trainers, even the best athletes in the world are still looking to improve their form. They know they have room for improvement. So my friend, I know for sure your form needs improvement, and that will always be true. So if you are concerned about recovering after your workouts, as we all should be, right, what are you doing to improve your form, the way you move, your mechanics, on a regular basis? Do you have a coach, or are you watching movement tutorial videos from a credible source? What are you doing to make sure that you're working on moving better? You want to talk about workout recovery? Make sure you're moving well. And don't assume that just because you've been squatting for 10 years without pain that that means your form is good. Anyone who can hear my voice can improve their form because the athletes at the highest level are also always getting better and making adjustments. So what are you doing to make sure that you are always working on improving your mechanics? Secondly, 
If you want to recover from your workouts, you've got to be eating well consistently. Do not ever use your workout to justify overeating or overindulging. Your body cannot function properly before a workout, during a workout, or recovering from a workout if you are not fueling it well. And then, of course, hydrate, right? You've got to make sure you're drinking enough water. And then move. Soreness is not a reason to sit around. Soreness reminds us that we've got to actually move more, stretch, walk, you know, bike, low impact kind of things to really facilitate blood flow because that's what's going to allow your muscles to recover. And then lastly, make sure you're warming up before your workouts. Okay, let's geek out on some science stuff, which always gets me excited. Somebody reached out uh, on Instagram when I said, do you guys have questions? What topics would you like to hear about it? And just said stomach acid. So I reached out to this person and I said, I'm happy to talk about that, but can you tell me a little bit more? Because that's a really broad topic. And she clarified and said, um, you know, reflux, how does stomach acid get depleted? How can you make sure your body gets enough, et cetera? So we're kind of talking about reflux here, and I will absolutely Uh, and very strongly share the disclaimer that I am not a medical doctor. This is not medical advice. I do not play a doctor on the internet. If you have a medical condition, see your doctor. Got it? Okay. With that said, stay the heck away from antacids. Not medical advice, strong opinion. Don't touch antacids. Heartburn, reflux, doesn't actually come from having too much acid in your stomach. More often than not, it's actually about not having enough acid. But more importantly, the issue is not high or low acidity in the stomach. The issue is, why is the acid leaving your stomach? That's what we're really trying to address. Now, there's billions of dollars in pharmaceutical interest in selling you prescription and over-the-counter antacids. But that doesn't mean that you're actually solving the problem. You're just silencing the symptom while the problem goes untreated. And that is not a good idea. So the real issue with reflux is that the acid is leaving the stomach. It's not supposed to do that. There is a sphincter. It's called the lower esophageal sphincter. So basically, it's this little valve at the bottom of your esophagus that makes sure that the acid, the stomach contents, go into the stomach and stay into the stomach and don't come back up. Well, if they're coming back up, a lot of people think, oh, I have too much acid in my stomach. That's not the case at all. There is a sphincter problem. That is what we need to address. It's interesting to me that so many people think that acidity issues and reflux and heartburn are an issue of increased acid when the reality is that stomach acid production naturally decreases with age and yet incidence of heartburn and reflux increase with age, right? So it's almost never an issue of too much. What happens is When you have low acid in your stomach, you don't have complete absorption of carbohydrates. Now, this can happen chicken, egg, or egg, chicken, meaning you can have poor absorption of carbohydrates either because of overconsumption of carbohydrates or consuming carbs to which you are insensitive or to which you are sensitive, and that 
can reduce stomach acid or low stomach acid can lead to malabsorption of carbohydrates. Either way, what happens is you end up with these undigested carbohydrates in your gut which become a feeding ground for bacteria. So you have more fermentation than you should have in the gut because you you aren't digesting your carbohydrates properly. That creates a buildup of pressure in the abdomen, and it is that pressure that causes the lower esophageal sphincter to act up and allows the acid to get back into your esophagus. What we find really works here is two pretty simple things. Number one, carb restriction. If you have an acid issue in your gut, one of the great ways to improve it is carbohydrate restriction. Alternatively, the other thing that can make a really big difference is doing everything you can to support a healthy microbiome. And I've done full episodes on the nutritional and lifestyle strategies that can do that. But those are really the two ways that we can make sure that the acidity of our gut stays where it needs to be and we don't have excess or inadequate acid production in the gut. All right. Can you talk about, this is the last question here, can you talk about strategies for improved sleep? Absolutely. And I've also done two full episodes just on sleep. So for episodes that are exclusively and entirely devoted to sleep, I will link to them over in the show notes. You can find the show notes for today's episode at primalpotential.com forward slash 535. There I will link to episode 16, 16, which is all about sleep, as well as episode 181, which is all about sleep. So if you are somebody uh, for whom sleep is a big priority or a big struggle or you're looking to make improvements, definitely listen to episodes 16 and episode 181. But to summarize some of the things that I go into more detail on in episode 16 and 181, Strategies for improving sleep, having a consistent schedule, really making sure that there isn't this wild variation in your bedtime and your wake time. People who struggle with sleep often will find that, you know, some nights they're in bed at 9.30 and some nights they're up until 1 and some days they're up at 5 and other days they're sleeping until 8. And that variability obviously is not going to contribute to great sleep. Another strategy for improved sleep is actually waking up early and not napping. Now, if you are not struggling with sleep, but you're not getting enough sleep, okay, napping can be a great strategy. This is not a carte blanche recommendation to not nap. But if you're looking to improve your sleep, begin getting up early and then resist the urge to nap during the day and honor that sense of when you get tired in the evening. That's one of the primary reasons that I don't nap is because I would rather go to bed early and have a longer and deeper stretch of sleep overnight than to nap in the middle of the day, go to bed later, maybe have a harder time falling asleep, and not get into those deeper, more restorative stages of sleep overnight. Blackout your room. So no light coming in from anywhere, including electronic devices, alarm clocks, street lights, etc. Don't eat or work out within two to three hours minimum of bedtime. Work out. 
Earlier in the day is better for sleep than later in the day to kind of allow your body to come off of that high from working out. But push your body, work your body. It's a great way to improve your sleep. Minimize your exposure to electronics, especially after the sun sets. That includes your cell phone, your tablet, your laptop, and your computer. So turn off the lights, read a book, minimize your exposure to those devices, and then eat really clean. There is no question that sugar, processed foods make it harder for your body to get that real hormonal synergy that allows us to fall asleep and to stay asleep. But again, I go into a lot more detail on the science of hormones and uh, circadian rhythm in episodes 16 and 181, which I will link to in the show notes over at primalpotential.com forward slash five three five. I will also link to the wait list for the winter 2019 12 weeks to transformation. That wait list is now open. Registration will open to that group sometime in early December. I will let you guys know, of course, before that happens, but I email the wait list and share little things with them, give them little glimpses inside of the 12 weeks to transformation, give them opportunities to ask their questions, all that kind of stuff. So I'll put the link to the waitlist over in the show notes, primalpotential.com forward slash 535. And as always, guys, if you have questions, challenges, things you want to chat about, you know where to find me. Message me on Instagram. Leave a comment on the show notes because this show is here to help you. So let's use this tool for all that we can to help you help yourself become a happier, healthier version of you. Make it a great day. I'll chat with you soon. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there.